0: All right. Hello, everyone. We are live on Studio 67, podcasting from the road. We are here at our annual conference in the beautiful Orange County. Today, we are podcasting with uh, our original crew, but we also have a special guest, uh, brand new from DEA. We have Miss Krista Sinabaldi. So we are here. Sarah, you want to ask us our question of the week?
1: Of course I do. So we have a... Very exciting event going on at our annual conference this year. It is CityWalk's Rising Star, which is basically a venue where you perform karaoke in front of a live audience. I know Jared is super excited about that and to do a couple hits at the venue. So the question of the week is, what is your favorite karaoke song? Kicking it off to you, Jared.
2: Well, I know uh, President Constantine is, is really counting on us, uh, so you know we're gonna we're gonna give him a show. Uh, I got my set list ready, uh, but I'll probably be kicking things off with uh, you know something uh, a little steamy. I'm thinking "Your Body Is a Wonderland" by John Mayer.
1: <laughs> really? All right. So moving on. <laughs> okay, moving on. Krista, what is your favorite karaoke song? Um, I feel like Commissioner Constantine really appreciates a good country classic song there you so go so I'm gonna go with Whiskey Glasses oh you know I don't I morning don't morning. listen to country but I'm gonna pretend I do <laughs> but that sounds like a good one alright Shiloh what's your favorite karaoke song
0: classic karaoke get down on it
1: can <laughs> you, you sing know, that you know. can you sing it Get down, Ay, get down on it. Oh.
0: Hey, get down on it. Love it.
1: <laughs> Love it. Good, all around good picks. Good what you picks. got, Sarah? Anything Maroon 5 Facts. is factually the best karaoke song. She will be loved. So, I mean, come on.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: <laughs> so clearly, we have some big karaoke fans here in the house. We're looking forward to that. And you can catch us singing at The Rising Star
0: talking about rising stars we have a lot to look forward to we're going to be speaking with a lot of rising stars in our counties commissioners managers attorneys you know everyone around the sun Mm -hmm. however our first guest is going to be commissioner lee constantine
1: All right, well, Commissioner Constantine is our fact president-elect. He will be taking over as president this Friday. So, Commissioner Constantine. Thursday, up Thursday? Oh, Sorry, my bad. He will be taking over tomorrow, Thursday, as FAX president. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got here. Let's hear it.
3: Do we have that much time? know. <laughs> um,
1: as much as you want to share. We got all
3: the time in the world. <laughs> for you. I think most <laughs> of you know a little bit about, uh, my history. I was, uh, I, I was elected, uh, at, at a young age in the city of Altamont Springs as a city commissioner, uh, became mayor of that city. And, uh, in 1992, I was elected to the Florida house for the first time, stayed there until 2000, got elected to the Senate, stayed in the Florida Senate until 2010. And uh, thought that I was through with uh, my public service life, at least from the uh, the policy side of it and the elected side of it. But in uh, 2012, a number of concerned citizens in Seminole County came to me. So I'd been out for two years. Um, quite frankly, I was making more money than I had ever made because it's kind of hard to make money when you know when you're in the legislature and and spending most of your time doing that. But I, you know, I was able to I do pretty well. But they came to me and they just said, you know, Lee, um, you know, we'd like you to run for county commissioner. And local government had always been my passion. I loved it. I received all the the Lifetime Achievement Award for from the counties and the cities when I was in the legislature for fighting against preemptions and mandates. And uh, coming from local government as a city commissioner and mayor, I, um, I just loved local government. It's so close to the people. It, It's so meaningful, impactful to their lives, and you get so much gratification, instant, direct gratification from when you're able to help people. So, uh, and plus, uh, it's the greatest way to help your own community. So, um, but I still was hesitant. I had been in uh, office at that point um, already 32 years. And I thought that it was time to, you know, do some other things in my life. And so I I, I called my mother and uh, I asked, I said, uh, so these people, your friends, my friends, want me to run for county commissioner. What do you think? And, um, you know, I said, I'm happy. I'm making, you know, pretty good living and everything. What do you think? And she said, Lee, you were born to be an elected official. You were born to be a public servant and you're not ever going to be happier than when you're doing that and so she was right Mothers well, always no best and so i i signed up the last day of qualifying against an incumbent that had been there 22 years and already had a big war chest and two months later in a primary handily won and uh, been county commissioner now for 10 years and uh, i love it as i knew i would um certainly got involved in not just this, not just fact, because Florida Association of Counties is so important and so meaningful and impactful to all the counties and and how well we're able to achieve our goals. But also, as as you all know, I'm also co-chair of the Florida Conservation Coalition, which is very important to me. I'm on the 1,000 Friends of Florida uh, Board of Directors. I'm the only elected official on the 1,000 Friends of Florida uh, Board of Directors. And things like that um, are, you know, are my passion and the environment, the natural resources, water. Those things are not just vital to today, but they're vital to the long-term future of this, commu- this, this state. And so I'm not just going to be and love being involved in local government, but I also want to make an impact for the entire state. And I think by being on the board of the Florida Association of Counties, by being on these other boards, uh, I'm able to achieve that.
2: Well put. Well, we have obviously been fortunate enough to uh, have you within FAX leadership for a while now. Uh, but now you are stepping into the, the big slot, uh, the big role. Uh, what are your priorities going forward uh, once you step into this, this role of president?
3: Well, well, I'll talk to you in generalities because specifics, I think we could go on and on. But generalities are, uh, I see three things that we can may improve immediately. First is that we have to get more uh, local officials involved in state government. We're going to continue to have the problem of um, of mandates of preemption unless there is a stopgap. People that are up there that understand our our um, local government understand how meaningful it is to the people on a day-to-day basis. Look at any poll, you know, I mean, cities and counties have a much greater um, positive than do state representatives and state senators, which have a greater positive in the polls than do federal government. So people do trust us. It's also interesting that the, the closer to the people you get, the more responsible they want their elected officials Uh, people don't recognize that as much. I mean, you you look and, and the state legislature of today is much younger than the average local government official. And when I was in the legislature, there were a great many more people that had local government experience than do now. So we've got to get a whole new generation of elected officials at the local level that move on. I, it, it's hard because I will tell you it was hard for me. I loved being a local official. It was out of my comfort zone, but it's necessary. And I think that, you know, the one, one of the ways we can do that to be a little specific is we're not going to make an impact in a 120-member house that is top-down in, in power structure. I, 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 I take the cue from what the what the trial lawyers used to do in um, in the legislature when I was there, they would get a few key senators that were um, that were uh, that worked with them that that felt, you know that the trial lawyers were um, an organization that they that they wanted to work with. And that basically either stopped and or supported much of their causes so so when you're you know it's the house is very difficult to control 120 members it's it's just not, but the senate with much fewer people you know an, uh, uh you know 10 could make a tremendous impact but there has to be 10 local officials that still care about local issues and want to leave um a local government to do their thing home rule make sure that home rule is, is there and say, so if I can remember that, one of the things about the Senate is I, when I was there, they used to describe us as 40 hot air balloons bumping into one another. <laughs> um, you know, we were all a sphere um, within ourselves. And the fact of the matter is if you get some, uh, like the trial lawyers learned very soon, they, they, they didn't spend a lot of time in the house. They got some key senators to support their issues. And when they did that, they knew that they weren't going to be harmed. And I think that that's something that we may have to consider. Second thing is uh, we've got to find a way, that, a meaningful way to uh, fight preemptions and mandates. They're just, I mean, we keep talking about it. Clearly we keep trying, but we haven't found the secret sauce yet. And um, I think one of the things, because of my experience in the legislature, that's something that, i may be able to have a little bit more insight about and and help a little bit and i want to really make an impact in that in this year some way somehow and and we're going to do it and the last thing and i think all of you know I, i i could not go uh in a leadership role without really pushing water and the protection of water and having a holistic water policy for the state, is imperative. There is no way, no how, that this state is going to continue to support twenty plus million people on a very fragile peninsula, within with a um, uh, a water system that is that is, um, uh, you know, I mean, it, it is it is so interdependent um, upon. Our waters, our I mean, our rivers, our streams, our springs, the Everglades, the Apalachicola, the bays—it's all interconnected. And so, we need a holistic approach. We can't just throw money at the Everglades one year, and at the springs the next year, and at the St. Johns River or whatever river the next year. This has got to be a holistic approach that is going to protect all the water because the only thing that we need is. Clean water and clean air to survive as humans. And, and <clears throat> this state is interdependent upon its water resources to survive. Mm-hmm. I always say, and Governor Bob Graham um, and I, as co chairs of the Florida Conservation Coalition, used to go around the state making speeches, and he's he, uh, and I was very proud of this, he stole this line from me, but he would always give me credit when he took it because I used to say it all the time and then he liked it so much he started saying it. and he was a much better speaker than I was. So I let him, <laughs> especially since he was giving me credit. Um, but Florida is, is a state that's environment is so tied to its economic um, um, economic survival more than any other state in the nation. And I always used to say no one from Pennsylvania or Iowa or Illinois or Ohio or New York ever moved to Florida because we have the best strip malls. <laughs> they move to Florida because they want to be part of what they consider to be paradise. They want they want they want the idea of Florida. They may not live on a lake or a, or a river or the ocean, but they know they can get there. And and so they don't leave their families and their jobs and their communities that they grew up in because they want to come down here and live in, well, maybe the people in the villages do, but any place <laughs> else, a home, a homeowners, you know, I mean, a, a, you know, homeowners, a, 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 a home development, they come here to be... Floridians and for the idea of Florida and if we don't continue that if we don't make sure that that dream is not cemented in reality in some form or fashion if we don't protect that why do they have to move here they they won't and growth and being protective of our growth is 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 so important to our economic well-being so every time our elected officials whatever level start you know saying oh you know we need more industry we need more homes we need more development and forget about you know the environment you know in doing so they're basically just nailing you know i mean nailing their own coffin and so to me that is, i i cannot there's no leadership position that I'm in that I cannot stress environment, natural resources. I'm you know, chairman, or going to be chairman of the expressway authority in Central Florida. I just put together a nine-point plan to protect, you know, the 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 land that we're doing building around a an expressway. So there's no leadership role I can take that I can't do that. I, I consider the Wakaiva Parkway and the protection of the Wakaiva River one of my legacies. And um, in the Florida Association of Counties, I will be pushing a stronger environmental stand for all of us. Because we are the ones at the ground level. We are the ones that have to really make the hard decisions. We can't make a holistic policy, but we certainly can recommend a holistic water policy, and so we need to we need to start, not just talking about it, but actually doing something.
2: A man with a plan. We touched on some uh, very important issues to our state commissioner. Thank you.
0: And I think uh, another thing that we can consider, and you spoke a lot about the environment, is <coughs> affordable housing. So now that there are so many more people in Florida. How do you think that we can approach affordable housing so that these people can continue to come into Florida and enjoy our, our environment, our natural resources?
3: Well, each county is unique. So each of them have to have a variety of plans um, that will work for them. In Seminole County, we've taken some, you know, we've tried to do some innovative things. We're doing a lot of uh, affordable housing embedded within communities mm-hmm. now. We are searching for land that would be good for affordable housing. You know, affordable housing isn't just you build it and, and they will come. You know, you need to have transportation systems. You need to have jobs available. You can't just put it out and, you know, some people say, well, we'll build it out there where the land is cheap. No, that's not where people can work. That's not, you know, they, they have less access to transportation. One of the things Seminole County did Uh, just recently, is we waived impact fees. I think we were the first county in the state to do that. Now, we didn't eliminate impact fees. We waived them for developers that would sign an agreement that would keep their market level development at affordable housing level for a certain period of time. In some cases it's 30, in some cases it's 50 years. If they don't, we collect the impact fees but i said we didn't waive them that's because what we did do is we set up a trust fund that we would pay them so we know that that's necessary to do it another thing that that i thought was very innovative that that we have done recently is too many people you know one of the one of the things that we should do with affordable housing is is keep the, the the rent market as low as we possibly can we all know that that has been just just you know bursting at the seams uh, with, with the price but also part of the reason that it has been increased is because the um, the the influx of the vacation rentals, market and and we found that in that vacation rentals market why would you rent your house to a single family if if you can rent it for twice your mortgage for a week and that's you know I I, I called up one of the the um, um, what do you call them sites and I gave them all the specifics of my home and I and I live on a lake. And I said, Hey, this and that and everything. What can I get for a week? Mm-hmm. And I could. I got twice my mortgage. Wow, that's and, insane. And I, I mean, I could. And so, okay, so here's, my, here's the retirement plan for me. I rent it once, once a month for a week. I go stay at you know, some hotel that gives me free breakfast and a happy hour. I go back, put some money back into the house and live there for three weeks. And, you know, pays for wow, rent, no right. does everything. But think about that. Why would I rent that to a single family at market value mm-hmm. when I can make twice the market value for one week? You can't. So here's what we did. Uh, I pushed for this, and finally got the majority to do it. We we do charge them a a, a registration fee every year. Um, now, quite frankly, you know everybody that when they came in, oh, this is excessive. No, two hundred and fifty dollars is practically nothing for an entire year. When you're going to get five thousand a week for exactly. for for one week. And so that two hundred and fifty dollar um, registration goes into a special fund for affordable housing for those. Now remember, we're in Seminole County, so we're close to the the, rec, the 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 vacation area. So that money will go to help. What's the hardest way to get into rentals? Your deposits, your first yep. month and your last month. You got to pay that. Most people don't have that. So. We put that in there to help our citizens be able to, you know, access that dollars to get in when they need it for for things. So so it's a nexus. It's a nexus of vacation rentals, helping affordable housing and getting people into rentals. So but that's just an idea. It could be an idea that everybody could use, or it could be an idea that's only good for us. I don't know. But the one thing local governments has to do, we have to, one size does not fit all. We have to come up with ideas, and those were just some
2: ideas that we came up with.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing.
2: That is a huge step in the right direction.
1: Right. And the state has been working on some vacation rental legislation that hasn't- To stop us po- from doing right, <laughs> that. hasn't been popular um, well, with uh, local governments in the you past. Know,
3: so. I mean, they keep saying private property, private property. Well, what about the next guy's private property? I mean, if I lived and I have friends that live next to vacation rentals on a lake that simply, you know, that, that, that rent them out haphazardly to whole wedding parties Yeah. So they're they're partying all week, Mm -hmm. and they've got cars going in and out. The only thing left to us is what noise, parking, and registration. Um, I would hate the fact that um, that I buy a house somewhere, you know, nice neighborhood, and all of a sudden somebody next to me does a vacation without any possibility of being regulated that's just wrong and so I, I i don't get if i was in the legislature today i would not get the reasoning as to why they think that they don't need to be regulated they can call private property all they want but my guide public safety and private property for the guy that lives next to them, is just as important as for them
2: well, and as you mentioned, you know, every Airbnb is one less uh, home in the housing stock. Um, and they're
3: growing, you know, that, that type of thing. And I don't want to call them Airbnbs because, you know, that's just one type of site that we all call it there. But, you know, in Seminole County alone, it's been growing at 100% a year. The number Now, you have legitimate businesses called hotels that have to abide by all the regulations and rules, right? And are paying taxes that you know are paying taxes for public safety. Um, Although they say they pay the the tourist tax, it's a lot harder to prove it and to get it than it is for hotels. And hotels are under certain zoning restrictions and Mm -hmm. other regulations that Airbnbs and other vacation sites don't have to do. So yes, I could go on for a long time on, on anything. You've, you're already hearing me, this is probably going too long already and it's going way into our happy hour time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but well, listen, I'm a Florida boy. I, I, I wasn't born here, but my thank God my family drove me down here when i was five years old in a station wagon none of you even know what a station wagon is all so you're too young um my mother drove up on a. you know um, my father had moved down here before my mother did and she looked over at me when we got to the house remember i'm five years old i still remember this she looked at me she says never send a man to buy a house alone and because it was a gray house with yellow shutters and it was just a horrendous but i lived there you know, on this little 1,000-square-foot house with no air conditioning until I was 13 years old. I grew up in Florida. I love Florida. And, and I love public service. And I've just been, from the day I went to UCF and soon thereafter got elected, um, you know, student senate and then student body president, I realized that uh, so many of my friends have told me I'm a very lucky man. I knew from a very early age what I wanted to do. And um, I grew up, you know, loving my community. I have, where I live today and where I have represented my community for now 42 years in various positions um, is, you know, I, I, other than when I left school and went to my first job, I've lived within a six-mile radius my entire life. And, um, you know, I've traveled the world certainly traveled Florida, loved it, but, um, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very few people in Florida get the chance because so many people are transient, get the chance to represent the people that you grew up with. It's true. I was in a homeowners association one time at Bear Lake road, which is where I grew up. And this old man of 90 something came up to me. This is a couple of years ago, came up to me and and he said, Lee, you threw eggs at my house on Halloween.
2: (laughs) Allegedly.
3: No, and I said, yes, sir, I probably did. (laughs) And he said, you turned out okay, and I vote for you every time. Thank you for your service. And that almost made me cry. You know, that that was something special because this guy has known me since I was 10, and he's proud of me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm proud of him, and I'm proud of everybody that I represent, and I take that passion with me every place I go, uh, every place I go, and every every time I'm representing somebody. The first thing I think about is this going to make this community better in the long run,
2: and that's how I make my decisions.
0: Great way to make decisions. We
2: might need to get some tissues in here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Commissioner, it has been unbelievably refreshing uh, to talk to you and, and hear your story. Um thank yeah. you
1: for all you do for your own county that you've done for the state of florida and that you do for all counties we're very appreciative to have you and we can't wait to see what you do in the next year here well I,
3: I i will tell you i'll bring the same passion i bring to the florida association counties that i've done to anything and and i hope that i will leave some lasting positive impressions for for all of us and uh, i'm gonna just make it a little bit better when i leave it thank you guys thank
2: we you. are looking forward to it
0: thank you